Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. 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 Thank you, Lord, for bringing us here. We thank you, Mother Mary, for blessing us. We thank you for the great family and friends that we have here in South Louisiana. And we thank you for this time. Holy Spirit, come and enter this room and help us speak the words you would like us to speak. Help us bless all that we encounter. In Mary's name we pray. Hail Mary. Full of grace, grace, the Lord Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you, Lexi. We, well, would like to welcome all of our listeners to Cajun Catholics, featuring outstanding Catholics from all over Acadiana. I am your host, Todd Citron, and today my guests are Abby Bork and Lexi Gotro. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having us. All right. This is awesome. I'm so excited. I've never had two guests in, in one sitting. This is big. So um, I want to start, I guess, with telling me a little bit about, about who y'all are. Uh, we'll start with Abby. Abby, tell me a little bit about, about who, who is Abby Bork. Well, right now I'm currently a sophomore at UL and I'm studying psychology. Um, so I'm involved at Wisdom at Our Lady of Wisdom on campus. Um, just love serving people, helping people get to know Christ. Um, so you're really a raging Cajun Catholic. For I sure. am. Yes. I am. Yes. That fits like a glove. Okay. And Lexi? I am Lexi Gotro, and I just recently graduated from UL, and I am now transferred transferring into the workforce and um, also pursuing a master's in theology. Um, I work at St. Mary's Catholic Church in Lafayette and I teach EDGE there and also newly engaged so that's a great and new start in my life. Hashtag Gotro no mo. <laughs> Hashtag. Hashtag. Do say. Do say I do. Do say I do. <laughs> Courtesy of the Citrons. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so tell me uh, again, Abby. We'll start with you. Um, when uh, in your life, uh, I know you went to cathedral because we had a lot of battles with Fatima and Cathedral basketball. Right. And, yes, and Abby played sports. Uh, when did uh, at what point? And I know you come from an extremely Catholic background. Tell me about your family a little bit, and 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 how God plays into your life. At what point God really came into your life and touched you? Yeah, so um, we were super blessed to always attend Catholic school growing up. Yeah, like you said, we went to cathedral. And when I was in seventh grade at cathedral, my brother, um, he's six years older than me, he um, decided he was going to enter seminary. So he was a junior in college, um, I mean, in high school. And he was, uh, he was, he decided he was going to go to seminary straight after high school. Um, and so I think that was like a huge point in my life where I realized um, just I learned a lot about the faith and I learned a lot from him. Um, and so that really like I looked up to him a ton. So that really uh, pushed me to want to get involved in high school at SDM and then continue that in college. 
that's such a blessing to have a family member that's going to be a priest. I, mm -hmm. I can't imagine that. Uh, that's just fantastic. So did he or did you maybe always know he was going to become a priest or how did that happen? He, we really didn't know. He always wanted to be a heart surgeon, actually. So um, it took us by surprise when he decided that. But he was he was getting a lot more involved in his faith in high school. We noticed that. Um, he even had some friends who were discerning as well. So when he told me, at least, I was super excited. Um, and yeah, the graces that have come from it have just been incredible, and we're so blessed. That's awesome. You know, and I know, I think your dad's family's from Kaplan. That's right. And uh, so they're truly Cajun and truly <laughs> Catholic, and uh, and that's 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 fantastic. Um, yes. So, um, Lexi, talk to me. Uh, we got all kind of things to talk about because we had a conversation in my house a few weeks ago. So, uh, but anyway, tell me a little bit about when 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 God touched you in your life. I want to say God had been touching me in my life since like a very young age. I remember the transition of going to Sunday mass being something my parents were forcing me to do to the fact that I couldn't start my week off without going to mass because I just purely needed Jesus's presence in my life and his love and his support throughout the week. And I remember that transitioning probably happening around third or fourth grade. Um, as I was growing up, you know, there were times in my life where I really needed God and our relationship um, started to be built in middle school where um, there was a lot of bullying going on, uh, not just me, but to others around me. And I genuinely needed his help and his hand in my life to pull me up in those times. You know, I remember going home multiple times, either to my parents or not even to my parents, and just being in my room and crying and asking God to help me, you know, be kind against all the odds of others not being kind to me. Um, and actually, I really think that that's what's paved the way for me to work with sixth through eighth graders uh, working at St. Mary's because of that transition in my life. You know, there is so much going on and that's such a crucial age to touch those kids and make them realize that it's not just about learning about Jesus and the church, but it's making that pure, wholesome relationship with him where you go to him like he's your best friend. And so I'm the oldest of five, and um, my siblings are dear to my heart. I'd do anything for them. And I always just try to be an example to them, but also explain to them, you know, what's going on and and how they can get through it. I have two sisters that are in high school right now, and, you know, there's a bunch of things that you go through in high school that you need someone before you to set that example or just to be a person to confide in, to talk to about whatever's going on. And the trials that I went through in high school, you know, also brought me to where I am now. And I think it's beautiful that we have so many great Catholic men and women around us, but just also so many wholesome people in this area that teach us how to live life to the fullest and be thankful for every single blessing we have. And so this culture has really just touched my life with the kindness and the love and the support that is around here. And, you know, that all has benefited me um, moving forward. That's that's it's we live in a special place. Um, mm -hmm. 
I have three daughters, and my mom, um, she's from New Orleans. Well, their family's from Generet, but mom was raised by the Ursuline sisters in New Orleans, and mm. and um, it just always when we ask would ask her what's 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 the biggest impact on your life? She would always say my Catholic education and being raised by the by the sisters. And it's just this deep um, spirituality that she gained, and then love, the love for South Louisiana—they really go hand in hand. Uh, so I'm intrigued with how uh, UL at Wisdom and the Raging Cajun Catholics have these kids are on fire. Uh, you know, I'm 52 years old. You guys are in your 20s. Uh, you know, probably early 20s. And uh, <laughs> and so, what is it? What is it that's going on over there that's so special? Tell me a little bit about what that. What's going on? Yeah, um, Wisdom's just such a special place. Uh, the the priests that we have there, they're just incredible spiritual fathers, Father Sibley and uh, Father Rene Pelsier. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's something like you can't even really put your finger on, but it's just the it's just so not surface level there. Um, the faith that the students have, I think the biggest thing we have daily adoration every morning and every night um mass every day and and kids kids that are involved there students um we really i mean we go to daily mass um there's just so many opportunities and i think that devotion to the eucharist is the biggest thing that really um like sparks the the faith of the students there i want to ask y'all a question I, i was uh in the chapel this morning and this came to me and a question I, I really want to challenge y'all a little bit again you're listening to cajun catholics uh, i'm your host todd citron my guests today are abby bork and lexi gotro two amazing outstanding young beautiful women from uh from here in lafayette at ul uh, so why if you were talking to a non-catholic how do you know that jesus is truly present in the eucharist mm. tough question it's a tough question come on lexi you're up <laughs> I'll tell you for me, you think about it a minute. Uh, um, my mom, when I was a kid, would go to Prairie Roan to Curcia. She started the women's Curcia. She wanted women in, in South Louisiana to have an outlet for their faith. And they began to do adoration out there in Prairie Roan at this little bitty church. And they would do adoration, and my mom would come home and say, well, you know, this weekend Jesus was physically present in the Eucharist. And and I, would, I was like a kid, and I'd say, what do you mean? And she says, well, you could s- physically see him. You could see a crown of thorns, and you could see him walking towards us. And, you know, it was this supernatural experience. Uh, and she, she, she said all the women out there would, would partake in this experience, and it was just profound. And, and she would, they would, it would got so intense, I guess, that you would say they would call the, the, the local bishop in town, and they would say, hey, you know, we got this going on and on. The bishop would say, just consume it, just just swallow it and consume it. So there was always this these supernatural underlyings for me as a child growing up. And, uh, you know, I know that's not something that, that everyone has a different experience. I had a, I had a very different experience, uh, but one that was also supernatural. But I have a lot of non-Catholic friends, and, and it's you got to convince them, you know, hey, uh, Jesus is physically in there. Well, I, I could— well, going off of that, I don't think I've ever had the supernatural experience, though I've wanted it. I will tell this story about a retreat I went on. It's called Tiger Awakening, and I was I went on that retreat when I was at LSU. And many people around me see Jesus present in the Eucharist, and they have these immense feelings and these immense emotions. Um, my personality, I really don't react 
in a certain way to certain things and emotions and feelings in my prayer, you know, you go through times in your life where there's a spiritual dryness or something like that. But it's more of a matter of looking at what scripture says and not even scripture. When you are in the presence of the Eucharist, any non-Catholic that walks in knows that is something that is special. And if you are a non-Catholic and you've never experienced that, please talk to someone because when you walk in there, it's a peaceful environment. It is beautiful. And Jesus is up there in a small host, in a monstrance, and we are blessed with a supernatural presence there. Though I don't maybe feel this supernatural presence, I know there's something bigger than me going on. And so that would be what I would say to a non-Catholic It's an experience that you'll never understand until you're fully present there. And you just have to trust that the Lord will guide your heart to wherever he needs you to be. And yes, I wish that I would have had, you know, the experiences of your, the stories your mom would tell you, but I never have. And I'm a devout Catholic and that's okay because Jesus manifests himself in so many other ways But the Eucharist is so special and it's what he gave us from the very beginning. And, you know, that that bond is like marriage when we consume the Eucharist. I'll give you some scripture because I'm like you. I never really uh, experienced in the way she did. But I always would say, uh, blessed are those who 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 believe and do not see, you Mm -hmm. know, and I think that describes many of us. But uh, Abby, tell me about you. Yeah, I think uh, when you said John six, that kind of that kind of struck me because actually your son-in-law Brandon. Holy cow, yeah. that's hard to say. <laughs> yeah, um, he was my leader at Kairos when I went in high school, and I remember sitting down with him and uh, talking to him about you know just where I'm at with my faith. He could tell I was I was pretty faithful, and I was like, yeah, I don't really you know I don't know I I don't know where I'm at. I'm just you know I feel like I'm pretty good. And he was like, well, you never, you never stop growing. And he was like, um, I was like, I guess the only thing I really struggle with is like, I don't always fully believe that Jesus is there present in the Eucharist. Like, I don't always truly believe that that's Jesus. And he was like, read John 6, it'll change your life. And <laughs> so, well taught. Yeah. <laughs> and so I read it in the, um, in the chapel that night and it did, it changed my life. It's now in my Bible, all completely highlighted and, yeah, whenever I just have doubts, I just go back to that. Um, that's about as real as it gets. And I think now the more I spend time with Jesus in the Eucharist, um, the more I come to truly believe that that's him. And also uh, daily mass is a huge thing. Um, and just reading uh, the lives of the saints, and especially I'm reading the diary of St. Faustina right now, and she just talks about how she would see, you know, when the priest would hold up the Eucharist, she would see baby Jesus in the Eucharist. She would like see him. Um, and just reading that just really convicts me. Um, and I think, especially now with my brother becoming a priest, it makes it so much more powerful knowing that he's going to be able to consecrate Jesus like that. And it's That's just, a big wow. Yeah, it's incredible. All right. This is a question I thought to ask y'all and, uh, and, and one I haven't really thought about, but the Holy Spirit laid this on me at Mass today. Um, 
What do you think about women being priests? Hmm. <laughs> I I think that Have y'all thought about it? Yeah. I, I have thought about it. I think that us as women have special roles in the church and we can look to our mother Mary and all the women saints and see that there are things that us as women can do that men can't. And men can't do things that women do. And we have a maternal nature about us and a loving nature. And we are not meant to be a father, a spiritual, we're a spiritual presence that motivates people forward from a nurturing and motherly way. And I think that's beautiful. We have some wonderful, wonderful women leaders within the church, but that's the role that they are to take. They're not supposed to take the patriarch role. And um, there's many conversations to be had about that, but I think women need to see their worth and their beauty and know that their role is just as important as a father, as a priest's role. And living that role well can be done without us being priest. Um, and I okay. think that's beautiful. Yeah, um, I think you pretty much summed it up. That was good. But um, yeah, I, Father Pelsey, I gave a homily on this recently, and it was pretty funny. He said, you know, he's prayed about it a lot. And uh, what he kind of came up with was men, the reason men are called to be priests is because they need it more than women do <laughs> women women right. typically have a very um a, a little bit of a more spiritual aspect to us i think and uh men kind of need that challenge and they need the push and the the responsibility of um becoming a spiritual father and it's it's such a beautiful beautiful gift um to men and i'm so grateful for the spiritual fathers in my life and, all right yeah Again, you're listening to Cajun Catholic Radios. I have Lexi Gotro and Abby Bork. Uh, Abby, tell us about you have a new endeavor going on, and um, we're going to need to raise a little bit of money, and uh, <laughs> and uh, and tell me what's going on. Yeah, so um, I'm a public relations intern um, with College Missions Company right now, which is a small little Catholic nonprofit organization um, based out of Lafayette. Founded by um, Jansen Delaney. He's a UL alumni, former and still present Raging Cajun Catholic. Um, and so he started it uh, to kind of provide a way for college students to be able to go on mission trips um, because it can be very expensive. And he wanted it to be affordable um, because he had a, he had some really great experiences going on mission and um he wanted to make that available to all college students and so yeah we actually have a gala um on april 6th it's our first gala and it's to fundraise for um the missions that we have coming up in the summer we're growing and growing and so we need um as much help as we can get to get more students to be able to come on these missions and reach more places so. so in case we miss that the air date for uh, that, how would one donate to, to this mission? Yeah, so we have um, our website is collegemissions.net, and um, there's a tab on there that says Donate, and you can just click on that and find any way that you can to want to donate. And even sponsoring a student, if you know someone who wants to go on a mission, just 
offering to help them out personally would be a huge help. Now, I think you told me that you haven't been on a mission. And I have I'm not. totally shocked by that. <laughs> How did you miss the St. Thomas More mission trips? You just did? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I think it was always during basketball season. Ah, so, yeah. That's why they always whipped us. Blame you know, Stephen she, she, uh, uh, <laughs> she was practicing and we were praying. That pretty much sums it up. Uh, so I got the great fortune to go with all of my daughters on mission trip. Uh, Ashley, Jessica, and Emily, uh, at, uh, we went twice to Puerto Rico and once to Costa Rica, and it was a life-changing experience for me. And I think that's something we need to support. I hope Acadiana will reach for their wallets and uh, and look up these websites and, and support Abby and her people because uh, it, it has such a profound effect. And I think for us as good Cajun Catholics, we need to go out and preach the gospel to all, all the corners of the earth. Um, so one of the things that happened on my mission trip that I want to ask y'all about that freaks me out, uh, <laughs> is, um, when it, they said, okay, we're sitting there in Costa Rica in this chapel the first night. And I had about a hundred kids with me uh, from St. Thomas More, and, and they said, it's time to do confession. And everyone jumped up like they hit the lottery and, and started running for the confessionals. <laughs> And that is so foreign to me because I struggle with confession. It's it's something I I've got to drag myself to confession. I I, I don't know. It's maybe a, a, a spiritual block that I have. But why is it that the youth so badly love confession? What is what's going on there? Jesus's love and mercy is bigger than any sin that you have, and confessing that sin and bringing it to the Father. And allowing him to heal you from whatever is pulling you back or dragging you down is something beautiful. And I think that some people do struggle with going to confession because they're ashamed and they're embarrassed. And quite frankly, that's just the devil trying to put something into your head because at the end of the day, he doesn't want you to go to your father and tell him that you're sorry because he wants you to be ashamed but the point of it is, is you have to look at your father and know that he loves you more than anything in his whole entire, he created you and he loves you and his mercy is bigger than any sin that you could ever commit. And I mean, Mr. Todd, with your daughters, if they hurt you or did something wrong, how, how would you embrace them? You know, any anyone with daughters or sons, you would always take them back. And I always think about the prodigal son at this time, whenever I'm going into confession, there is nothing that son could have done that the father would not run, embrace him and take him into his arms. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so beautiful because that's what confession is. You're, you're walking there. You're making the choice to go see the Lord, but then he takes those steps forward. He grabs your hand and he embraces you and hugs you because you're back in a state of grace and his love and his mercy is just pouring out over you. And it's just a beautiful place. And I think that we were blessed enough to be taught that and learn that at an early age, basically. Ooh, she's good. <laughs> that was good. I need luck. to hang with her a lot more often because <laughs> I do struggle with that. So I like to play Bible trivia. I, I like to trivia my kids all the time. And uh, and I don't know, Lexi, if you and I had this conversation, but I want to throw this Bible trivia out at y'all. And I don't expect you to know the answer, but I'm going to work through it with you because I'm not sure I know the right answer. But 
at one of my daughter's weddings, you know, I know these are young ladies that I think may have boyfriends and fiancés and all that good <laughs> stuff. And a lot of listeners out there may be in the same situation. And and the, and the priest, Father Josh, at, at my daughter's wedding said, if you want to look for a boyfriend, don't stress out about it. Just go to Christ and the, and keep going and keep going. And when you, when you feel like you're getting really close, look to your right and look to your left and grab them. And see who's keeping up. You know, that's right. And so this is a question about the wedding at Cana. What day of the week was the wedding at Cana? Anybody got any clue on that one? Did we talk about this? Is it Friday? It is not Friday. Thursday. Abby, have any clue? I don't. Okay, so we're going to start with John 2. In John 2, it says, on the third day, there was a wedding. Okay. But that still doesn't give us the answer. So what is the third day? Mm -hmm. Sounds like. Is it a Sunday, like third day? Jesus rose from the dead. Third day, like Jesus uh, uh, rose so, from the dead. So we look to the book of Genesis and we start with creation. Day one, right? Day two, day mm-hmm. three. Day three is a day of double blessing because uh, it's the only day that God said it is good twice. So the Jewish, and back in the day, the tradition was you want to get married on day three because it's a day of double blessing. So even today, all the Jewish people want to get married on day three. Did a little research on this, and day three is actually Monday night because uh, the Sabbath begins at sunset. So we have Saturday night, Sunday night, yeah. Monday night. So like not Monday night football, but Monday night wedding. And so <laughs> so that's the deal. So should I change my wedding date? Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I think the church could be available blessings? on Mondays. August, if you're listening, we're changing our wedding to Monday. <laughs> <laughs> All right. One more follow-up trivia. Uh, who yeah, is the groom know. in the wedding at Cana? Who's the groom? Oh, wow. I'm I'm stumping them today. I love it. I really don't know. That's well, I don't think anybody really knows, but I did some research, and um, uh, one of the doctors of the church says that it's John, the it's John the Evangelist. That's and, interesting. And why? Because in the wedding at Cana is only in the book of John. It's not in any other gospel, hmm. and so it was kind of his way of writing himself into the into the gospel. So I don't know if that's true, but that's that's that, that's my story, well, and I'm sticking beautiful. to it. Yep. So, again, we're coming to the end of our segment. You're listening to Cajun Catholics, and uh, it's just a blessing for y'all both to be here. Uh, it's so great to see the youth of Acadiana um, just thriving. I mean, I just we have just a couple of minutes, but what do you see for the future of, of, of Lafayette and the future in these eighth graders, in these sixth graders? Do, do you see God in them? Are, are they stepping forward? What do, what do you think? God is blessing them so much. The youth of Acadiana are so bright. And, you know, we look, they honestly teach me. Um, They're just so pure and raw children of God and and purely focused on Him and His love. And they have some wonderful questions to ask that, you know, I probably would have never thought of at that age. And I think that we need to continue to, you know, fuel them and and help them. like honestly, Mr. Todd, people like you and have blessed you know the men, the youth, and the men around here. Um, especially tenfold, my fiance. Um, you know he looks to 
a figure like you where you've invited him to adoration and and you've just brought him in and you've made him feel welcome. And and I think that it's the continuation of just being who we are and allowing everyone to express who they are. And so I want I want to thank you for that and this oh. stuff that you're doing is wonderful. You're so a blessing. Thank you. He's a great guy. Abby, mm-hmm. tell us while well, we just have just a few minutes um, just a minute left. What if you want to donate to the mission? Tell me one more time. Collegemissions.net. Okay, yes. get online and donate. Uh, I know I'm going to give, and everyone needs to give it their heart again. We want to thank everyone for tuning in to Cajun Catholics Radio Show. I am your host Todd Citron. For my guest Abby Bork, <laughs> Lexi Gotro, going to be Gotro no more. God bless <laughs> all, and until next time, unleash the Cajun Catholic in you. <laughs>